Software as a service apps are now essential business tools, but these apps put security teams in a bind. They have to enable access, but also prevent breaches and data loss, often without much visibility into or control over the SaaS application itself. On today's Tech Bytes podcast, sponsored by Palo Alto Networks, we're going to talk about how a SASE architecture and a next generation CASB or cloud access security broker can help security teams manage SaaS risks. Our Palo Alto guest is Anupam Apadhyaya. He is VP of Product Management at Palo Alto. Uh, Apad, welcome to the show. And can you tell us, what are you talking about next generation CASB? What does that mean? Before we talk about next generation CASB, right, I, I want to sort of just take a step back and reflect on how 2020 changed how we work and conduct business, right? Hybrid work is becoming the new normal. I start my day at home, go to office for some meetings and probably end my day at a coffee shop. And what has really kept all of us functioning, and in fact, some would argue, operating at a higher level is the use of SaaS and collaboration apps. We start thinking about apps like Zoom, Microsoft Teams, Slacks. These are becoming non-mission critical. But as they are coming in, they're also exposing businesses to new threats, which results in a new set of data security and compliance, right? Which you need to have security across all your channels across all your users, across all your applications. I'm going to pull you up there because in some, in some way, we've always wanted this, right? And before, when we used to have people inside an office, we could channel them in through the, you know, channel the internet gateway or get a choke point on the WAN. And of course, distributed work or hybrid work, you know, where people are, wherever they are, whatever they're doing is the result of where we are. But the challenge here is, how do, I, how do I get visibility? How do I get traffic into a system where I can log it and inspect it? And that, that's something I want to ask you, but I want to know first, you've made one point. What is a next generation CASB, right? We've only just had CASB arrive and you're now telling me we're starting to think about where the next generation is? Yeah, that is right. So let's talk about CASB for a second before yeah. we talk, and let's call it legacy CASB, right? <laughs> uh, if you look at, and you're right. I mean, when we were all in offices accessing apps in our data center, we had choke points yeah. right? in the branch and data center, easy to sort of inspect and look at traffic, right? But with this explosion of hybrid, explosion of people being everywhere, apps being in the cloud, infrastructure as a service, or your data center, right? And as you said, that enhanced visibility to keep pace with newer SaaS and collaboration apps and control becomes key. So, okay, great. We understand the business problem. What does CASB do today? If you look at CASB, most of the CASB, traditional CASB, rely on manual signature-based approaches. Discover yeah. new, SaaS, new SaaS applications. So what happens? Now you've got this new app. Uh, this approach delays visibility and control for that new SaaS app. Then the second thing is, look at CASB today. It's sort of a bit disjointed from security infrastructure, right? It's sitting in the cloud which means you require multiple point products or additional components, which forces customers to implement this complex traffic redirections leading to inefficiency and complexity. Then the third part, CASP started with cloud environments, right? Yeah. But let's not forget that a lot of your solutions still exist on on-prem. So how do you get that broader coverage for apps, including collaboration apps, along with private applications. And I wanted to say one thing, which is important, right? Uh, if you think about all this visibility is good, but let's not forget that control part. A lot of these 
CASB products lack the ability to prevent that latest threats. And that increases the security workloads, right? But that's what today's CASB is doing. So you're sort of saying that CASB gets you there on the first step there. So the traffic comes into the CASB, the customer forwards the traffic in, We've got these inspection engines, but there's things missing. Like, although you can, like Palo Alto has the app ID and the content ID, and to some extent you can tag, you can say, I know what this content is, or I know what this application is, but you can't get inside and log it for forensic purposes or for what security, in security parlance, they call data protection. Is that something I can't do today? Is that where we're going? You're right. I mean, if you start looking at some of these things that are coming in, Let's talk about some specific examples, right? Which will make yeah. this real, right? So assume that I am sitting on this beautiful Zoom call. Yes. And I want to share some sensitive data and I flash that up on the video. Right. Or on the chat, I push some things that I should not be. How do you stop that, right? Right. That is what requires that omni-channel strategy, right? The ability for your DLP to detect data inline or even scan it offline to see right. if there were some issues with what you did. So you're and sort of getting into the point that most of us use apps and the apps themselves have end-to-end encryption built into them. And so that means data is leaking out through those apps. And it could be even be through people holding a piece of paper up to a screen. That is correct. It could be a screen cap. It could be almost anything. So you're saying... There's a, there's a scope there for a tool that actually starts to get into those apps at that level to get that information. Exactly right. And look, into those apps doesn't mean compromising on performance, right? A mm. lot of this could be done offline as well, right? But before we go into that, I want to touch upon what you said. Let's talk about the four components of Next Generation Caspi. One is protecting all users, right? You and I started with this conversation of, well, 2017 or what have you, we all were sitting in our defined places. Security perimeter was the branch, right? Now, as we go become hybrid, we need a solution that protects all users, hybrid, local, or remote. And this is where you require a centralized cloud-delivered solution. So let's talk about this pillar for a second, right? Let's get a bit technical about this part. So sitting in a branch, okay, sitting at home, sitting in a coffee shop. You could be having a global protect client, which is our, I won't call it a VPN client. It's a, it's a client, right? It does, yes. it does much mm-hmm. more than VPN, right? It's a client yeah. sitting on the well, laptop. It started out as, a, if you can think of it as a VPN client, then you're on the right track, yeah. but conceptually, but it's gone much more of that. Now you start to snap in digital experience management so you can do customer monitoring yeah. and you can start to you know, work out what the user's doing and you can start to see what's on their edge devices or phone, is it an iPad? Is it a computer? That sort of stuff, right? Yeah, you're, you're, you're spot on, right, Greg? Mm. We are actually bringing the next generation security capabilities to the client, right? Yeah. It's not, the VPN is about, okay, I took it to the network, um, it's network security. This is really application user security. But anyway, building on top of that, you've got your, you've got a GP client on your laptop, in the branches, you've got SD-WAN, mm. and all that is sending traffic to Prisma Access, right? Mm-hmm. So now I can see all your app, I, I can see all your traffic. And because I am located all across the globe, I have pops which are pretty close to where your users are. So it does not necessarily have an impact on your performance. So that's how I protect all users, right? That's the first strategy. The second yeah. thing which is very important is stop known and unknown threats, right? 
So this is where, because we are available across all control points, right? Your endpoint, your branch, your cloud, your application, right? I can detect and prevent threats. I guess the other side about this too is that this would become incredibly useful for security audits and post-event review. So if you have a breach, so many times now we have to have a breach and then we have to be able to do a playback to say how deep did the breach go. You're actually taking steps in the direction of even though I've got a distributed workforce, even though I'm using SaaS tools that I don't own, they're not in my data center, they're rented from somewhere else, I'm actually now able to head in a direction. I don't think you're there but we're starting to head in this direction. This is sort of like this leadership idea that you're now saying, well, we need to be able to do that wherever the worker is, whatever the app is, whether it's SaaS, whether it's on-prem and start to capture it so that I, if there's a breach or a leak or some sort of security event, was an employee taking the wrong actions, you can actually start to track that down and forensically know what happened. Greg, uh, that's actually very well put, right? And we'll go back to two things that you said, user ID, app ID, device ID, and let's say content ID. Right, and so that's a fundamental. That's what- That's, that's a fundamental. That, right, then Palo Alto started out with the app ID and the user ID, and then you built in the content ID, if I remember rightly, and this idea of fingerprinting the application flows in multiple dimensions. You didn't just sort of say, we ID the application flows. You actually ID them in four dimensions, right? Exactly. And see, we are really leveraging that app ID to look at, and using our infrastructure all over the world to detect new applications in a seamless fashion, right? Mm -hmm. And we're, and, and as we do that, right? And to your point, right? If I see any compliance issue or breach prevention, right? I can use concepts like app ID, device ID, and user ID to detect the context of that conversation. Where did that breach happen? And trace that back to the user and application where that breach happened. And this is done using a combination of real-time natural language processing based detection methods built on top of AI and ML technologies. Anupan, I want to dive into something. You had mentioned, I think, DLP. Um, and for our listeners, you may not be familiar, it's data loss prevention or data leak protection, one of those acronyms. But that is essentially looking at the actual content and applying a policy to it. Is this something that should be shared outside of the organization? You're saying you are adding this capability to your CASB? We always had support for DLP. If you look at enterprise, our enterprise DLP has been available as a module on Prisma Access for some time. When we say next generation CASP, we are bringing four components together, which can be seamlessly consumed and managed on the same platform. The four components are DLP inline and DLP for APIs, like your applications. So those two. Third is SaaS inline or your application visibility. And the fourth is SaaS API, the ability for you to look at sanction apps and go deeper into it to see where the issues might be or where you are seeing data issues. But it's really the combination of all these four things, right? DLP inline API, SaaS inline API. The ability for our customers to consume that as a single offer, manage that as a single offer is what really uh, forms the next generation CASP element, right? Mm. But having said that, do I, I think to, the, the question becomes, okay, what's different, right? Two things I want to, again, sort of uh, reiterate. One is the ability for us to secure new collaboration apps like Slack, Teams, Zoom. And in fact, we have the support for the industry's largest number of uh, 
apps that we support. The second that, like I said. That's not just knowing that that's Slack. That's not knowing Slack as destination IP addresses or fingerprinting the traffic to say, oh, that's Slack traffic. That's actually unpacking it and tracking it in some way. Exactly right, right? And no. it's, it could be uh, unpacking across all channels, right? Video mm. using comp technologies like OCR, optical mm. character recognition, right? Looking at Slack channels, uh, looking at channels, right? So the ability for us to, we have built scale in our system, right? We support today 1,000 plus data identifiers, right? We support things like exact data match, optical character recognition, ML classification, NLP, really provide a scalable platform your point. So you're saying if I am on a Zoom call and in the chat window, maybe I share a link to a PDF that's got sensitive information that I shouldn't be sharing, potentially you could catch that even though it's sort of an application within an application. Actually, we can do one better than that. We can cache that and alert you and allow you to tell us what, you can automate actions. You could say, hey, delete this, or you could say unsend it, or no, this is fine. It's okay to share this, right? So we provided that granularity of taking actions also uh, based on what we see as uh, suspicious data. So this is now moving beyond inspecting it, visualizing it, seeing it, flowing it over paths, because obviously all of this in part of this is all part of this is sassy, which is that you know SD-WAN, use the internet, use the public WAN or private WAN, whatever makes you happy. But now you're actually saying, we're gonna move into the security features because as soon as you're connected to the public WAN, security becomes the big deal. Exactly right. And tying it back to this whole remote or distributed work is that I can do this regardless of where the user is coming in from and without necessarily having to backhaul traffic to some centralized space because of you've got Prisma access, cloud-based pops everywhere. You're exactly right. You can, uh, you, send, you don't send it to one central choke point. You, can, you send it to the closest pop to where your users are and you can selectively decrypt traffic of interest and figure out what's happening right. with that traffic. So I don't have to do all of it. If I know, maybe I'm not interested in some SaaS app, maybe Salesforce is fine because the tracking mechanisms inside Salesforce meet my security controls, but Slack doesn't, right? So now I can start to say, well, I need to apply security controls to Slack, what gets posted there, what gets shared. So I can just do it for Slack because A, you can fingerprint the app, you can start tracking the content inside it, and then you can start to unpack it and so forth. That is correct, Greg. The flexibility is important, like you said, right? For, in some cases, customers might say, hey, do not touch these apps. We like the end-to-end -end flow. We can totally take care of that, right? So we can selectively uh, decrypt or not decrypt uh, application flows, depending on what the end user wants. So Anupam, one more question before we wrap. You know, new SaaS applications are coming out all the time. Uh, how is Palo Alto keeping up? Today, we support more than 15,000 plus SaaS applications. Right? But to your point, we have automated discovery of new SaaS applications using our construct of app ID, crowdsourcing, and machine learning technologies that allows us to easily keep on adding new applications as and when we see them and classifying them. All right, great. So the next time a new app shows up, I can be pretty confident that you guys will be on top of it. That is correct, true. So if I wanted to find out more about this, where should I go? www.paulaltonetworks.com slash sassy slash access. 
All right, paloaltonetworks.com slash sassy slash access. We'll also have that link in the show notes that accompany this episode. Uh, thank you, Anupam, for joining us. And thanks to Palo Alto Networks for being a sponsor. And thank you for being a listener. If you like this show, you can find it and many more fine, free technical podcasts and our community blog. It's all at packetpushers.net. You can follow us on Twitter. We're at packetpushers. Find us on LinkedIn and rate us on Apple Podcasts. And last but not least, remember that too much networking would never be enough.